Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Lots to talk about, including BC's economic plan. Good morning, Vaughn. Simi. Vaughn, what's going on? Well, in the before times, before the pandemic, two years ago, almost to the week, the New Democrats started circulating uh, a fairly ambitious economic plan. It ran about 100 pages, and the title tells you how ambitious it was. It was a plan to raise standards of living for all British Columbians. Well, like everything else in the before times, it got sidelined by the pandemic. So what we're getting today is an update, but I think it'll be more than an update. It'll be a sort of a, I think, really an attempt to reframe the economic outlook for the province in light of how much the pandemic changed our outlook. So partly we'll be looking to see how it differs from the before times plan, but I think also we're going to be looking at this is what will carry the New Democrats forward, B.C. forward, at least to the next provincial election in October 2024. Okay, so this, what have they, what's gone into this essentially? They did, they did something Fairly innovative. Um, They decided that British Columbia is terribly polarized, which is no surprise, although we're not as badly polarized as some places, but that people were talking past each other. So they put together discussion tables of people who didn't normally talk to each other. So you got indigenous leaders, labor leaders, business leaders, community leaders. They put together a lot of these. They say 300 of them around the province over a period of a year. And out of those came what people want going forward, but also how the government is going to respond. So today we will hear um, some of the responses, where they think we should head. And I think you'll also get that the way pandemic has changed thinking. For example, I think you'll hear more about food security than you heard uh, two years ago, because I don't think that was something we worried about all that much. I think you'll probably hear the government has hinted at this before about um, medical research and vaccinations and that sort of thing. So looking ahead, um, I think you'll hear something about the people that have been, that were hardest hit during the pandemic. So young people, uh, you, about women working. Uh, you'll hear more, and I know Gord is already talking about this on the news, uh, skills training, uh, yeah. training the next workforce. We had a report last week, Simi, that said uh, there are going to be a million jobs available in British Columbia because old people like me are finally going to retire, maybe. And uh, Please, don't say that, Vaughn. Growth don't and say so that. forth. And, uh, so, but the trouble is, of course, is that as, as we're already hearing from sectors that we never heard it from before, like restaurants and bars and all kinds of other sectors, uh, the trained workforce isn't there. So I think there'll be a lot of that. It, it'll be ambitious, no question about that. One of the things that I will be looking for to see did they carry over two things. That, that plan from two years ago said two things. We have to disperse growth away from the heavily congested areas that already 
where housing is already too expensive. And, you know, move out to communities, move farther away from Vancouver, try to make those communities have more opportunities. Well, the pandemic has made that easier. It's one of the few things the pandemic has helped solve, which is that people can work from home, and they've discovered they can do it, and some employers have discovered it. So that's an interesting one. The other thing that that report, Simi, from two years ago said, we have to find a way to increase government revenues without increasing taxes. So this is a controversial idea. You can increase taxes and increase government revenues, but the plan said if you really want to raise standards of living and encourage economic growth, you have to find a way to do it without just jacking up taxes, and you do that by making the economy more efficient but through productivity by getting more value out of resource development so you're not just shipping raw materials away. It's a great concept. It'll be interesting to see how they carry that over into the plan we're getting today. I guess my biggest question with this is the number one thing I hear from any business person these days, Vaughn, is trying to find an employee. I don't know how you answer that question. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how everything in society that might be considered a problem at other times, uh, sorry, good news at other times, like low unemployment, um, becomes bad news at this time, which is, you're right, we're, I, I was struck by the number of uh, bar and restaurant owners who were saying yesterday, yeah, well, I'd like to reopen round the clock full time and take advantage can't of this thing. I can't get the workers. So, yeah, I think there will be, um, as I said, we had hints of it before that uh, there's going to be a big push for skills training to get people into the trades we actually need talked about that before one thing i don't know as though we'll hear all that much about is funding for this sort of thing Uh, finance ministers are very protective of money announcements this close to budget day which is next tuesday so i think we will hear aspirational stuff today but i think we may have to wait till tuesday and the budget lockup for the dollars to back up the ambitions okay the thing that i don't understand then is why not wait until after Budget Day, if it's so close to Budget Day and there won't be a lot of details? Well, governments over time have noticed that the news media has uh, a certain challenge digesting more than one storyline in one day. So as a result, they kind of, and the throne speech is a good example, they throw kind of vague things into the throne speech, and then they roll out more detail a few days later when we're not distracted by the shiny objects of the... uh, This isn't necessarily a very respectful attitude towards the news media. Same problem on Budget Day. If you load too much into the budget, we miss all kinds of wonderful things the government's going to do, so they spread that out as well, and I think that's what you're seeing here. Interesting. Okay. So, but again, not a lot of of details on that. I have a feeling if businesses, they need some solid answers about helping with this labor shortage. Uh, Yeah, I think they do. And uh, there's other stuff as well that they need solid answers on. There's a lot of communities in British Columbia that are still waiting and waiting and waiting to find out um, what's happening with us. A good example, it's been in the legislature again this week. What are you going to do about Lytton? It's been seven and a half months and counting, and Lytton is still waiting to go home. People are still living on their friends' couches. They can't get to their home sites. The homes aren't there anymore, but they'd like to start rebuilding, but nothing is being rebuilt, and the government is going, oh, well, we're working on it. We're working on it. Well, Mm. 
I don't know. That's not very comforting if you've been waiting seven and a half months to get back into your home. So there's a lot of work to be done. But I do think what we get today will be um, stimulating. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it gives some idea where they're headed for, for the next, uh, as I say, two years and a bit. And uh, we'll, we'll be looking for more detail on budget day when we get the actual dollars to back it up. I think what's happened too, Vaughn, with those of us, just the average person, is that when government says, oh, no, we're working on it, we've lost a little patience with that because we've now seen in the pandemic how quickly they can act when they want to. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, that's true. That's true. They can. Um, and, um, you know, one, I mean, a good example, one of the concepts we've heard from the government is that what used to be regarded as social programs, education, training, housing, um, child care, are actually economic development programs. So that's, that's high concept, right? I, I get it. It's very hard to attract workers if they can't get housing in the community, uh, if, they, if both parents are working and they can't handle child care. So I, I understand all political parties say this, but when you get down to the dollar level, to the actual programs level, that's where the real test is. And what I've found with visionary economic plans is the high-level talking is impressive as hell. But let's see the details. And so, you know, I think people will be listening today, but I think we'll also be looking down the road and judging whether they're any better at delivering on this than they are at delivering a new Lytton. All right, we'll see what happens. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. That is coming up today, 11 o'clock this morning. It is Premier Horgan, the Minister Ravi Kailan, and they will be talking about, um, you know, BC's jobs and economic recovery plan in more detail. But I know for employers, it really is about how are you going to help them get employees so they can run their business at the hours that they would like to run their business. If you're a business person out there, been trying to hire, what is it like? Let me know, simi at cknw.com. Coming up next, our Hearts Racing Contest has been running all this week. We love hearing your love story. And we have another one right after this.